another episode, another episode of the podcast, the first X Minutes podcast. My name is Ritim Damala. Um, you find me on Twitter. Sometimes I get out of saying my Twitter handle because I'm, someday I might just wake up next tomorrow and just change it. But um, on Twitter, at Papi underscore the great, P-A-P-I underscore the great. Thank you so much for choosing to click and and wanting to listen to this episode of the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about Liverpool. When I say we, of course, I'm not alone. I've got company, not Vincent company, um, another company, usual suspects to this is not his first time on uh, appearing on the podcast. So he's going to join me to, we've, I've been on his neck since and we've always been trying to find the perfect date and thank God we found the perfect Friday date to, we're recording this on a Friday by the way. So um, I'm joined by, okay, I think. Should I let him introduce himself in the minimum? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, by the way, if you have avid listener of this podcast, remember that guy that I said had Donda, Mufflin, and Co. on his yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy on the he, he has changed it by the way. So um oh. he's no longer using the Donda Mufflin. So but I'll let him introduce himself. My guest, over to you. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Peter Akinusi. I am a huge um, fan of Roti Media Ramallah's podcast, the first X minute. Um, I like that he's been. Tra- I didn't even know he's been tracking my Twitter handle and name. Um, I think maybe before we continue, I should probably explain what that is. Oh, great! Fantastic. To the few of us who are listening to this podcast and are avid fans of the sitcom, the, the Office. That's just essentially the name of the Office in the Office. Ah. The Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Yeah, that's what that was. I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that was what that name was. Uh, of course, it's been changed now. Uh, and if you want to find out what it's been changed to, you can find me um, at Nwede, that's at N-G-B-E-D-E. Uh, I think I found, I finally found the person I want to learn my copywriting. I think my copywriting class from. I mean, did you guys notice anything there? I mean, he just, even though I didn't ask him, but he just sold himself and I'm sure you, you are probably curious that what's the office you are, I'm definitely I'm sure you are going to want to check him out on Twitter please do so great football fan um, a lot of vibes and inshallah once in a while but of course if you want correct civil <laughs> conversations <laughs> and yeah I almost forgot I mean he has been dropped <coughs> although <coughs> excuse me although lately um, he has not been um, giving us um, those nice links to fantastic articles on the web but I mean, trust me, if you want solid links to solid, I'm not just saying football now, everything from the oil spill in the Niger Delta to, uh, let me see, some 5,000 or 6,000 word article about the US election that is coming up. I mean, Peter is your guy, trust me. You should follow him on Twitter and at Embedded as N-G-B-E-D-E. So we move straight, um, a whole lot to talk about, <coughs> Premier League champions, um, Liverpool, um, there's a whole lot to say, but because they are champions, the funny thing is that the noise about them being the champions um, died down almost immediately after the whole Premier League season ended. And maybe it was because of the whole uh, um, pandemic thing, or maybe it was because, I really do not know why, because I look back at cities. Um, is it 17, 18 or 18 where they broke on the record? I think it's the 17, 18 season and there was so much noise about that. Even after the season, people kept talking about the players, people kept talking about the players but unlike Liverpool, um, there hasn't been that much talk about the players. Maybe it's because of the whole COVID thing. Now, 
Um, first things first, we are going. Um, um, this is a podcast about reviewing Liverpool's 2019-2020 um, season, while also previewing their 2020-2021 season. So, um, for you, Peter, um, let me start with this. Um, <clears throat> let's speak. Let's talk about the best player, Liverpool player of the season. There's so many names, and it can sometimes it can be difficult. But I am so sure that it is certainly not Henderson. I, I'm, I just have that oh. feeling. It can't be. It sh- should he be? Why should he be? I think um, I agree with you on that. Um, Liverpool seems to have this thing where they have players who, Henderson, for example, is an individual who there is a sort of fanfare around him that I think is unmerited. And almost at the same time, he gets a lot of flack and disregard from fans, especially rival fans and mm. you know other individuals in the press that I think is undeserving too because, um, so he's one of those he's not just overrated he's also underrated at the exact same time, which is wow. quite the Schrodinger's um, box or cut for a football player. <laughs> I feel like uh, if we're going to talk about, I'll eventually get to answering who I think the best player they probably had this season was, which is a difficult question to answer and I'll explain why I say that but Henderson um, was one of those individuals. I remember when he was younger and he was at Sunderland. As a United fan, United was linked with him. I think Ferguson was interested in the guy at the time. And it was interesting to see someone who was compared to Paul Scholes at the time. Um, you know, people were saying, so, oh, another one of those young English midfielders. Well, but as time went on, he made the move to Liverpool, you know, suffered a fair bit under a couple of managers, Rogers and all that. And finally stumbled, or should I say, found an identity under Klopp that is brilliant. Now, what is brilliant about it? I think what he does is incredibly important in terms of stability. Um, mm-hmm. Remember when we had the conversation about why should we, or how can we describe Liverpool? We, you know, one of the things people forget is the Liverpool midfield is not the conventional midfield, or at least it's certainly very unlike a lot of Klopp midfields we've seen in the past, as well as successful midfields we've normally seen. Normally it's the whole, you know, if you're having a three-man midfield, there's always the conversation about some iteration of an anchor man slash defensive midfielder. You know, mm-hmm. the, if we use the famous 0809 Barcelona site uh, uh, or the one that followed that, or the ones that followed that rather under Pep Guardiola, it was always, look, if you have a defensive midfielder who is either an anchor or a video central, somebody that is basically going to win back the ball and set the mm-hmm. pace, so to speak, then you have just beside him a midfielder who is supposed to sit in the center of the park or, or, the, or of the pitch, essentially spraying passes left, right, center. He's the metronome on the side, right? And then you have a third midfielder who's supposed to dash into the box, providing thrust and all of that. And we've seen that a lot of three-man midfield since then have, you know, offered us a variation of that. But with Liverpool, is a bit different. It's almost as if all three midfielders are tasked with winning basketball. All three of them are tasked with, you know, being the metronome. All three of them are tasked with being, you know, some form of stabilizing forces. And Henderson, Henderson specifically has the role where he's required to not just do what he's meant to do on the pitch in terms of pure football terms and um, pure football ability, but also as a leader. We saw what happened when he wasn't on the pitch. I remember, you know, a, a lot of us were saying all, all this hype around Henderson, blah, blah, blah. He missed a few games and it was clear. Oh, this is actually what he brings to the side. And I know Klopp, mm. Klopp is not one 
as much as he's an emotional and sentimental guy, he's also a ruthless individual. I believe if Henderson was not, you know, up to scratch in terms of bringing what he wants him to bring on the football pitch, Henderson wouldn't be captain to start with. He, uh, in fact, being captain is probably the extreme. He won't even start. He won't have a place in the first eleven. Yet he's been able mm. to hold down a place in the starting eleven, you know, and has done a job. So I would say I disagree with the conversations around Henderson being the player of the year uh, because I feel like in terms of football contributions tangible football contributions I can't really see what he did that was better than even other members of his own team do you understand but I can understand if you try which and that that shouldn't be the case right if you try to make it um, come from the context or the terms of what he does psychologically as a leader as an individual who is embodying the passion and all of those buzzwords we like to use in football of the Liverpool side mm. I can probably understand it from that aspect however Henderson should not be uh, should not, I don't think he's the best footballer that you know played for Liverpool over the past 12 or well, something that he became 16 months right yeah he became 16 <laughs> months he became 16 months mm. eventually yeah so now if I would answer and say okay best player for me that's a very difficult question because that's one thing that I've raved about if people follow my tweets raved about how Liverpool did like a really fantastic job with squad building I feel like um, they have a football team that ah, man is, is there's quality almost everywhere you look on the pitch and not just quality in the first 11 but considerably respectful quality uh, on the bench also so picking one player out will be very very difficult because you can see the contributions of if you say oh for example the strikers are doing great you can also point to how well the defenders are doing or how well the midfielders are doing. But for me, if I were to pick, you know, my player of the year, I'll probably say it's between Alisson, the goalkeeper, um, or Fabinho, which is, uh, <laughs> or, well, that's, that's oh, you know, conventional like, picks. <laughs> or, or, okay, let me take that back. I'll probably say, let me, let me, let me just, let me just pick, uh, and say probably, if I'm not picking Alisson, I'll pick either VVD himself or Mane. Now, um, if I were to make a case for each of them, I don't think I need to make too much noise about what Alisson brings to that football team. Starting from how he initiates play, they're playing out from the back, his ability to even be a playmaker, the way, you know, we've always hailed Ederson over the years. As a United fan, I know the pain of seeing him actually assist a goal. He gave the ball <laughs> to Manny in, in, in that defeat. And it was beautiful. It was one of... Look, it was... I remember was the one he gave Salah to... Give to Salah to in that 2-0 um, win over United. Exactly. That's the last precise, that's the Exactly. That's the precise game I'm talking about. And he did it. And that's like... You could tell this is an individual who is not... You know, when he first came, he made a mistake. I remember the, I think his first few games he made a mistake and everybody was like, oh God. Yeah, he tried to dribble out from the back yeah. and uh, he got cut out there. Yeah? And, and you know, I'm happy that he continued being the guy he was. And repetition has shown... I mean, they won the Champions League. They won the league a few months later. Uh, and, and I feel like... So he's the kind of guy, like, in terms of setting the pace from the back, fantastic. Um, in terms of being an influence, I mean... It took, I can't remember, they went on a run. Alisson didn't concede goals for so long at this point in time. And it was mm. wild. Do you understand? Some mm-hmm. people say we can attribute that to the defence. But I also, like, if you look at, he's one of the best in terms of, you know, facing up to post-XG uh, shots, facing up to the ability to organise his defence, and actually being a presence that, you know, you're afraid of. He's, so I feel like he should probably get plodded. If he's not getting plodded, 
it goes to VVD. Now, VVD, I'm going to probably piss off a lot of individuals by saying there's this agenda that has tried to make him seem like the best defender since defending was invented. Uh, and I understand it. I don't agree, right? But I can't take away the immense work that he does at that football club. You know, we've always, especially in England, English individuals like to talk about, oh my God, he doesn't tackle as much. He, he he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have passion. He doesn't do... And I feel like sometimes what makes a good defender a good defender is, you know, like you say, some defenders are cats, some defenders are dogs. They are individuals who don't mind getting stuck in the villages of this world, the territories of this world. But then there are also individuals who would rather be the ones who look. They understand how to anticipate danger or where there's a fire that's about to happen and ensure the fire doesn't start at all. Some other individuals would rather put out the fire the David Lewis's of this world and co, right? But um, VVD, that's Virgil van Dijk, was very great at understanding how to organize his teammates, anticipate danger, making great interceptions. And I feel like he deserves plaudit, especially for the past one and um, for the past season. And then finally, of course, money. Money is where do I start from? Money is the kind of individual who consistently provides quality with almost every performance. He's, he's that kind of guy that if, if not that we, we live in a world where the likes of Messi and the Neymars and the Ronaldos of this world exist. The kind of individual that seems to have one goal or assist or incredible XGA uh, as well as XA, uh, sorry, XG and XA uh, stats almost every game. So if he's going to play 10 games, you can be sure that in 9.5 of those games, money is going to give you quality in terms of chances created, goals scored, mm. assists, or something of the sort, you know. And I, I feel like those are the three guys. So somehow, to, to, to answer your question, I've gone the long way around and <laughs> not answered your question. My answer your question with three different questions. So, I don't know. Do what that will um, <laughs> Just imagine the F1 on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry now, sorry. Forgive me, forgive me. Um, Alison, in goal, uh, VVD in defense, and then you have the Senegalese um, side of money. I'm making yeah. the top three. I asked him for one. He gave me three. Well, I really do not know what to do with those three. Uh, for the record, though, um, I think I can make a claim for Alisson and um, DVD. Um, Liverpool considered 33 goals. That's um, an average of less than one per game. Less than one And then I game, think, yeah. yes. And I think uh, Alisson came pretty close to the Golden Glove. I'm not sure. Um, it wasn't as close as um, Henderson. Was he Henderson now? Was it? Yeah, yeah, because I know Edison Edison ran away with it at some point in time. Uh, but anyway, our first question has been unanswered, or should I say over answered? When somebody gives you three answers instead of one, has that, is that unanswered or <laughs> over answered? Well, I'll leave that for you to judge. We move on to if we talk about, of course, the, the flip side of the coin now is um, players or set of players. Well, since we are dealing with set, let me give Peter the leeway. Let me just remove the singular um, thing there. So the set of <laughs> players that you feel fell short for Liverpool in the past sixteen months. Uh, hmm, okay, in the past sixteen months. <clears throat> well, if I were to think about it, yeah, I remember. Remember, I said something about Firmino at one point, mm-hmm. and I thought it was Firmino. But then I looked at the numbers, and then realized something that he wasn't. I, I, well. So, as much as I'm going to defend him, I'll probably knock him because I felt like there were a bunch of things he could have done better. Um, I can't remember what game it was that was really close to the end of the season where he finally scored 
you know, he finally yeah, finally yeah, 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 which was I found out to be incredible. Like, I, yeah. I think I think it was Burnley, was it Burnley? I can't remember. And as much as everybody was on his back, like, how can you be a striker for a top football club? And <laughs> how long it takes you to, to you know, um, to get a goal at home, right? Now, you remember what I said, if you look everywhere in that Liverpool team, all you see is quality, 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 quality. Mm. And sometimes I feel like football fans tend to watch football um, in the most simplistic terms and we miss out on something. So, as much as Firmino probably, I would, I would knock him for not scoring enough goals, you know, to the point that I was, when I heard Liverpool was linked with Timo Werner, I felt like, oh, that could probably be an um, upgrade. Before I sat down and then thought about it, did some digging in and all of that, and realised that, look, the value Firmino brings to the Liverpool side is incredibly important. Because of him, the mm. likes of Sadio Mane, the likes of, 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 of you know, Mohamed Salah can actually thrive simply because he sacrifices himself for the team. What does that mean? We've seen Benzema do it. We've seen Rooney do it in the past. We see Giroud do it. In, I mean, he did it for the French national um, side as they won the World Cup. He's basically deciding, you know what, I will be the pressing machine. So all the pressure regains and all those funny stats that have to do with pressing even though people say the primary job of a striker is to score goals well he has probably become a striker that says yes I might be able to score goals every now and then but I won't probably I won't just you know devote myself to trying to score goals I will be the guy who does a lot of defensive work and pressing from the front so there's probably him but I feel like even that is still unfair on him which brings me to my actual answer right and this is only because I can't think of anybody else right um, the one and only Naby Keita. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Naby Keita uh. is, has bags of quality and ability, right? Uh, and if I'm saying, oh, I don't feel like he's done well enough, it's even down to, more down to a case of um, the injuries and the inability to probably integrate as a result of those injuries into the team. I genuinely felt like this season, this past season, was going to be the season where we see the navigator that we saw um, at RB Salzburg and Leipzig, right? Mm. Uh, but it turns out that, nah, it, it, that's not what we saw. I think he played only half of the games, so thereabouts, right? And even, at, at, I think it was 19 games or so, and he still had less than half of that 19 games in terms of start. So, I, if we're going to say anybody that was a disappointment mind you i'm still i keep re- repeating this caveat uh disappointment in terms of what my expectations were for him uh but the team did well so he probably he played his part let's say he played his part so mm-hmm. that would be my answer that would be so long answer Firmino with a caveat uh short answer navigator with a caveat this man keeps dodging all the questions I'm throwing at him. But anyway, um, it's a football it's a football podcast that, in truth, there's no right question. There's no wrong question. Nothing is written particularly in stone. It's all about perspective, different perspective, and of course, different angles from which we look at um, the football games that we watch and the teams that we watch play. Well, you mentioned Femio, 20 big chances missed the, um, the past season. and um, But anybody who looks at that stats will not realize that the bikini is covering the fact that Femio sacrifices himself for the likes of um, Salah and uh, the Africans, let's put it that way, to thrive. And even for um, the, the fullbacks also, 
uh, which had a combined 25 assists, five just five more than a certain Belgian was doing in Manchester. Um, he helps them also when it comes to probably dropping back or when it comes to covering because sometimes I've seen Femio as far back as inside the 18-yard area probably trying to thwart a counter-attack or something. Oh, yeah, then you're wondering, wait, dude, you're supposed to be up there trying to get the goals. How are you the last man trying to um, stop a striker from scoring at your other end? But then again, I think that's the kind of um, um, player that um, Femio has chosen to be for Liverpool and it's ending in game time. Of course, the goals have not totally dried up. Um, it's not as bad as we have painted it. I think if he should have gotten goals in the double digits this season. I really don't know much about that, but I think he must have. And um, when we speak about Liverpool as um, as a whole team now, the way they are, they've been very, very quiet in the transfer window, except for when Timo Werner thing happened and they didn't get him. They seem to have just gone back into their shells. No rumors. Well, any rumor that is not messy rumors these days is actually non-existent. Trust me, because <laughs> we are tired. I'm, I'm tired personally. We might probably talk about Messi before the end of this podcast, but I just want them to just find out, like, where is he? Is he going somewhere? If he's not going anywhere, let's know. If he's no, if he's going, let's know. But let's 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 just. I'm sure we'll talk about Messi later. So who does? Or uh, what do I? Uh, how do I put it this way? Positions. You look at Liverpool and you're like, man, Salah, Mane, Firmino. The midfield is so set. The defense is so set. Oh, wow, fantastic goalkeeper. But there has to be some positions that need reinforcement, right? Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, so in terms of reinforcement, here's the thing about that team. Um, you know, if you look at the team, you would think it's very deceptive. You would think that oh, there isn't you know a lot of uh, um, space for anybody to come and improve the team. But at the same time, you would also realize that for a team that wants to compete on many fronts they need to have quality all over the place. If you remember the issue they had when at some point they had to send, you know, the under, was it under 23 team or under 19 team? Because of the fixture pile And I really don't blame Club for doing that. He had appealed and asked, you know, can we have a situation where, you know, some of these games are staggered and there's an opportunity for us to move and he didn't get his wish. So he said, you know what, I'm going to just basically run away. But if you think about... Um, Liverpool right now in terms of players that probably need to leave or have left or on their way out and then the players that can come in I mean I know that for example we didn't see a lot of Shakiri, so that probably mm. means he's going to leave we didn't see a lot of Lalana because of the injury and all of that Lalana has gone to Brighton, to Brighton. Yeah. yeah he has gone to Brighton um, Harry Wilson also I think he was was it Wilson? yeah Wilson was at Bournemouth this season um, mm. not seeing Grujic We've also realized, I think Klein has gone, Jason Klein has left too. So that's about five or six players that are either... Or five or six players lighter. Mm. Exactly. Or but then again, the great thing about it is this Liverpool side has some incredibly young lads who are not just in the first team, but are on their way back to the team. So Ryan Brewster is on his way back from Swansea, there's Harvey Elliott, there's Curtis Jones, there's Neko Williams. These guys average, I think, on average, 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old, young lads, you know, who are already, you can already look at them and realize, wow, Liverpool has, you know, uh, um, some some great firepower in terms of the academy. But let us now go for who do we think they need to replace. I would I would say um, if, if you spoke about Messi and the whole Barcelona situation, 
if Barcelona and Ronald Koeman are interested in getting Guinea one out of right, mm-hmm. I would be very, 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 very comfortable. I might be a little bit uncomfortable because people again, Vanaldo is one of those players that people say, Oh, he has he has had three or four goals and assists in the past how many years? He's useless. And I chuckle because he shows a very bizarre and weird understanding of the way football teams work as well as the way football works. You know, we're in the start age, but we also it's like people just assume cold numbers and that's it they don't want to look at the numbers in context <laughs> if we think about remember what i said the way liverpool ex- exists is creativity is not necessarily coming from the midfield it's often from the fullbacks someone like van Alden has done a great job at you know providing stability for that club if he's leaving it is important that he's how do i explain it now replaced properly and when i say replaced properly uh, we already have I think there's already a, a replacement that can you know adjust, not like for like now for him we've talked about Navigator this mm. is the season for Navigator to kick on but in the midst of all of that and for the sake of you know variety and depth the, the, you know the rumours linking Liverpool with Thiago Alcantara are just mm. like wow they are they, I feel like wow that's the way this Liverpool team is functioning if you now add Thiago to that team it's <laughs> Uh, if you remember Liverpool was the best second place team at the time that they lost the championship by two points to mm. Man City and then they kicked off if you look at their eight? yeah their XG graph you see that they were actually uh, Man City was supposed to outperform their XG but they underperformed and all of that but Liverpool did a pretty good job of ensuring one of the things that Liverpool does really well is the ability to go ahead quickly and then manage the game something City doesn't know how to do City has mm. always failed at going ahead and keeping a lead or they always try to as they say start part you know go ahead and then keep on trying to attack Liverpool has learned how to we can score one or two goals and then control the game where this is where the Hendersons of this world the Milners of this world as well as the Barnaldoms of this world come in now these three players I called are great, will I say great players or good players rather but imagine bringing on Thiago um, Alcantara as the individual to control the game when you're one game up, I mean, one goal or two goals up. Wow. He's not only able to hold on to possession and he, he's not just a press-resistant player too. He's also able to, from nothing, we saw, we watched the Champions League final. Yes, there's yeah. an injury problem. There'll be questions about his age, he's 29 years old. But that is, he's like the quarterback's quarterback currently, you know. Yeah. Like that, we respect, you know. Uh, and he's done a great job. So imagine, I feel like if we're going to talk about reinforcements, he's probably one, uh, especially at the price. Despite the reluctance of the FSG group, that the Premier Sports Group, the owners of Liverpool, to, to throw too much money because you saw the claims that the reason they didn't go for Timo Werner was money, right? And to an extent, you know, I first heard that and I was like, what sort of bizarre lie is that? And then I thought about it, the amount of money that Chelsea has to spend in terms of net spend and the transfer ban and all that. It's not necessarily the amount of money Liverpool has. And it's all, if you follow the FSG sports, like if you follow them properly, you realize that they're not, they're not penny pinchers, but they would rather spend money on what they think will bring them, will allow them break even in terms of ROI, in terms of their return on investment. So yes, people say, but they splash big on VVD. Well, how many other defenders do you know that have brought the kind of quality that VVD has brought at that price? The same thing too for Allison, you know. Uh, so, if you look at probably almost every transfer since then, um, when they went and got Minamino from uh, 
soundboard minimum cost about eight million just eight million so there's your replacement or, or adjustment for Firmino if, if anything was to ever go <laughs> bad with Firmino right so you already have a replacement there so like I said to answer your question again I don't another one of those long-winded things probably in midfield the place to be reinforced is the midfield and the reinforcement I have in mind Thiago Alcantara Surprisingly enough, we had on the script, why does Liverpool want Thiago? And guess who just answered the question I that have, I never... Wow, okay, I went ahead of myself, sorry. <laughs> but yeah. well, you, know, you know, if you think about last it, right? positions about... that reinforcement. Yeah, mm. I'll think about something else. Something just came to mind also. Like, outside Thiago, um, I think Lovren has left too. I don't know how I even skipped on him. If Lovren has left, they probably need a backup centre-back because Matip, who I rate incredibly highly, has been very injured a lot, all right? So that mm. leaves, leaves um, VVD, leaves Joe Gomez, who else? So that's VVD, Joe Gomez, Matip. So they probably need to think about getting a backup centre-back. Um, I saw rumours... For a very long season, with, they need one. Yeah, exactly. I saw them... I think I saw rumours linking them with Ismail Assar or so. And I kept on praying that that doesn't happen. Because, again, it, it, it just feels like... I thought it was like Liverpool... Especially Mike Edwards, what Mike Edwards is doing at that club. It feels like he's the only individual in England at that level that has eyes. Because they will end up buying, probably because Watford has been relegated. So if they go for Ismail Assar, they probably end up buying him for something close to 14 million, 20 million. And then mm. five, six, seven years down the line, when people are talking about this transfer fee, we'll be hearing, wow, what is still, what is still. And you just wonder, <laughs> what is everyone else doing? You know, mm. like, what are you Not what, looking what in that direction now. You know, like, how come nobody's seeing this? Because, and they've constantly done this. They did this with Robertson. They did this with, with Wijnaldum himself. They tried to do with Jamal Lewis from Norwich. But I think mm. <laughs> Norwich got too smart. And you know the funny thing? They said, okay, that's the case. We're not interested. And they just moved on to, what's his name? Costa Simicas, the guy from Olympia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was yeah. stunned, like, okay, did you guys have this backup plan already? Or, I mean, the movement like, from the, that Norwich guy to that other guy was like, wow, that was yeah, so fast. Yeah. yeah, because I think Norwich wanted about 20 million um, and they were not willing to budge. So they just said, you know what, because here, we have half of the amount Norwich wants. Can you give us your fullback who has almost the exact same profile as um, Robertson? Thank you very much. And that was it. Pa, pa, pa. Everything was done. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did that happen? Mm. So, yeah, in terms of reinforcements, I'll probably say, yes, like I said, Thiago before, uh, a backup defender for a backup defender for Lovren. Mm. Or to replace Lovren, <laughs> rather. My friend mentioned Matip um, earlier, and it reminds me of um, some of the highlights I caught um, um, I, I caught up with recently the UEFA Champions League highlights, and um, I have to say that um, time really does fly because um, in the certain 2011 Champions League um, um, game, Inter Milan played against Schalke, Schalke. 0-4, and um, yeah. <clears throat> that Schalke squad had man no oh, yeah, and go, yeah. had Matip playing, had Raul Gonzalez playing for them, and then. I just I, I had to check the calendar and look at my age again. Wait, this game is still fresh in my head because <laughs> I remember that can be so good. So it, it, it's like, how has it become that? Oh, by the way, if you're wondering, yes, Manuel Neuer has always been a sweeper keeper. It was always. his sweeping. It was the sweeping header that led the ball to Cambiaso for that fantastic um, oh, goal that put range, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. 
that put um, I think Inter in the lead before Schalke did what um, Schalke did best. That's back in the days. I'm not sure about the Schalke for this of this season. Well, we just had to do a short commercial. Exactly. We just had to do a short commercial in the Champions League. We're back in the Premier League now. And um, <laughs> let's talk about expectations for <laughs> expectations for Liverpool. Um, no, uh, okay. I have expectations. Like, can they do any better than? Retaining the Premier League this season. Okay, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me do levels. How far do you think they can go in the Premier League this season? Say retaining it is that is that too much to ask for? Considering uh, how every club is just, except Manchester United, yeah, they are just tight, tightening the screw and nothing, crossing the eyes and dotting the teeth. Look at Chelsea, look at Arsenal, look at Man City, busy doing some lucky jobs. Look at uh, even Spurs. They're busy doing some lucky job, Matt Doherty and all of that. And then you wonder, yeah. well, United, hey, hey, this transfer window is just like 40 days left before it closes. So do you think Liverpool can go all the way and retain the Premier League title? So um, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, without a doubt, I think everybody knows that. This might seem like an incredibly arrogant thing to say, but I think it's a straight truth out. For the title between City and Liverpool, <laughs> City is on your. Really? You know, I thought it was going to be tighter. What? I thought it was going to be tighter. Like maybe add uh, maybe another an extra team, a third team. I don't think so. And this is why I don't think so. Like for me, I know that City has that whole revenge. They're out on a mission. We want to show that. Look, like if you look at the numbers, City just basically messed up in terms of probably squad squad planning, like Liverpool did. Mm. They didn't squad plan properly. Um, they were creating the chances, but just not converting those chances. And you know how they say these things are like they always find a way. Variants will always find a way to help you know balance stuff out. So I feel like City has all of that to do. Um, the amount of money. They, I mean, they, they have money, a lot of money, burning holes in their pockets. I mean, they're the ones linked. The only people that are um, realistically linked with Lionel Messi in England everybody else they're speaking is just probably like they're, I think they're the only team that can probably do it and they'll be fine especially with FFP restrictions relax yeah. um, so I feel it's between them and Liverpool why I feel Liverpool will still be there or somewhere in and about that is because one the club process exists uh, 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 we also have an individual who is overseeing a squad that is growing right now the front three they are about 27, 28, 27, 28 they are basically in the prime of their careers so they have mm. like they are basically at a place where they can co- give, deliver quality it's not a case of they are the peak essentially so those three exist um, the midfielders also are in a place where you know they are they are, they are coming of age uh, should I, did I say coming of age well they are at their peak too right but if you look at the likes of Robertson and the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold who for some weird reason I've not mentioned since the beginning of this podcast that's weird um, if you look at those guys and then the youngsters who will definitely come through the Elliots, the Joneses the Neko Williams the Brewsters if he stays and all of them I believe those are the individuals that can actually you know provide a further boost for this Liverpool side Naby Kate, let's not forget Naby Keita either let's not forget Minamino this is the season we get we saw him in the, in the we saw Minamino in the community shield final right yeah. we saw what he did right um, yes Liverpool has seemed a little bit weird and a little bit off since the lockdown. I don't know. Like, they haven't looked like they seem, the Liverpool. They seem so tired in that ethical community show, yeah. Show, yeah. But you see, the thing about that is, I feel like, you know, um, one of the 
hallmarks of great teams has always been the ability to play bad. It's a cliche. It's a football cliche. You're playing bad, but you're winning. Still which is win. something. <laughs> yeah, they still managed to do that even after clinching the title and all of that. So I feel like it's something they will be able to probably work on. And let's not lie to ourselves. If you look at the XG and chance created in that committee shield final, for the amazing work the Arsenal team did with Ateta and all of that, you would realize that Liverpool actually created a decent number, decent to great number of, uh, of chances. So it's not, it's not like, you know, they're a completely bad side. So I expect probably a top two finish. I'll be really shocked if they finish outside the top two. So it's either they're winning it or surrendering the trophy back to Man City, in my opinion, right? Um, mm. I expect if at all any signings will be made, we've touched on this a bit, they'll be smart signings. It's a hallmark of Liverpool at this point in time. They seem to know how to, you know, not just what might seem like penny pinching, but actually game the transfer market in a way that allows them to make smart signs. We've already spoken about um, Simicas. Um, in fact, you can see that the replacements for players who are getting to their peaks are already at the club. The Minaminos, the Navigators, they already exist. You know, they're already at the club. More of the same. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, Keita. I'm going to mention Keita again. I feel like this is the season we get to see Navigator. The Navigator. Not just a Navigator. We get to see the Navigator. The much talked about navigator that everybody was anticipating to see just when they left um uh, what's that club again? Salzburg, Leipzig, yeah. Salzburg. Oh but did he play for Salzburg? Yeah he did. Oh yeah, because I know you all know, this that's Red the normal, Bull. that's the pipeline for them, yeah. Yeah, exactly all this Red Bull um team. So we've had a lot to, to say about Liverpool expectations, predictions for the next season, who should stay who will most likely be going? It's it's it, it it's funny how we've been able to get so much content about such a side that um, they've gone about their business very quietly. One, they look so solid that you from on the outside you're probably thinking, ah, nah, that team's good. They probably don't need to buy anybody at the. Um, they just need to wait for leads, and then they just give leads their first L of the season. But I'm probably I'm probably thinking I'm rethinking the whole thing again. Baptism of fire for Leeds, definitely, but Leeds might get the first L, definitely, but any team that has that L local guy, he probably has spied on Jurgen Klopp's, exactly, no no disrespect to him, so you never know what to expect, and if Patrick Bamford is still somewhere in there, well, that might be the first L of the season, I don't know if they've shipped him off or not, no, no. Why? I think I need to tell the listeners of your podcast. Um, if you're listening, Rosie has some form of sworn agenda against Patrick Bamford. <laughs> Let it be known that he allowed me to come on his podcast to talk about okay. Robert Firmino as a great um, individual who does pressing and all that. But he also, in, his, in that same heart of his, doesn't have any love for pretend, I'll, I'll, pretend, I'll, I'll pretend I didn't hear somebody just make this comment on my on my keyword on my <laughs> own podcast I'll kick okay, you out sorry. now but there was, one, there was one question that was coming to my head and I think it was totally on Liverpool related and I was just well I, I just lost it I'll, I'll probably get it before I, I end the podcast so okay. um, time right. for you to um, be a coach or a manager or a football manager and all of that and you pick your Liverpool five-a-side team of the season. Let's go. Hey. Hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Uh, Can't be bad. You asked me this question. It was hard, though. It was hard for me. And maybe it's because of overthinking. It's like my friend 
across the pond in Manchester. Have you across the city in Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> no names. No names were called. Valdi. Oh, sorry. Okay. I had wow. to spoil the joke. Sorry. <laughs> Aren't all three of us bold? I think this is the part where we end this podcast episode because this guy just he just he just pulled the trigger. Somebody just pulled the trigger. <laughs> Moving yeah, on. All right. So to answer the question, yeah, I would say of course you need to keep us all definitely, Alison. Right. Um, but for the four outfield players now, uh, I'll probably go Fabinho. Uh, yeah, Fabinho will be the first name on the sheet after Alison for me. Then wow. Mane, of course, definitely Mane, definitely Mane, right? Um, VVD, yeah, Virgil Van Dijk and Salah. Wow. If I'm allowed to bring a sub, I will put Navigator. Who, who, who spoke about sub now? I mean, okay, that's sorry how you now. start. No, sorry. You are sorry, doing the long shots. Five people pick six. Okay, so that's my five. Alison, Fabinho. Van, why is um, why why is the first name? Is it because of his work ethic, the box to box ness, the his versatility? Mm. This individual, lest we forget, was a right back, come defensive midfielder at Monaco, has mm. also played and covered up for for you know Van um, Van Dijk and a few others at centre back at Liverpool. So and, and he has quality. He has quality. Now imagine no, that's, that's what scares me. A midfield of Thiago, Fabinho, oh, and Navicator. I think any midfielder oh. has Thiago is a cheat. I mean that guy like, I really don't know why people are just waking up to him now because Thiago at Barcelona was, 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 was cool. He was he was great. I he, he was you know he's one of the individuals that Pep used to hold Bayern Munich. If you read um, Pep Confidential, he actually helped Bayern Munich's ransom regarding that particular signing. It was like, look, I need this particular guy. I want this particular guy to be with me. I just wonder Even why he's, he's not so much crazy about him this days. Uh, for, I mean, if he's available, maybe he could probably an influence thing. him. Is that how thing, how yeah. old is Thiago? 28? 29? 29, thereabouts. Probably trying to cut down that, um, what's it called now? Squad size. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Squad age and, and all of that. How I, much have you been for the... What? I know we are completely uh, talking about topics that are non-Liverpool related, so that means we have brought the first part of the episode of the podcast to an end. Now we are just freestyling, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> um, I, I know that, like, if you have about thirty or forty, because he has one year left on his contract, which is weird. What Liverpool is doing? Liverpool seems to be doing the whole. You know what? We're willing to wait for twelve months. Then we, I mean, we can get this guy for sure free. That coming to our place. In six months, actually, not even twelve months, because by January thereabouts, I believe there will be the opportunity to have him on a free contract. I mean, on oh, a free. Yeah. So yeah. they are refusing to pay. There could be that, but at the same time, I feel like, hey, just that's thirty million into this world. But then again, if you think about it, Liverpool are here. I think not just Liverpool. All the Premiership clubs, for example, have had to. They're going to give back twenty million or so, right? Yeah, mm. in rebate to the broadcasters, they have to pay back 20 million because of, you know, what the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic did. I mm. hear Liverpool is losing, is it 3 million or 4 million in match day revenue because of playing matches behind closed doors? Whoa. So they are probably going to tell you, ah, this is why we're not going for him. We can't afford it. We really cannot afford it. But I would say, like, one of the things I always say, the thing about the Premiership, that people tend to forget this, and is one mistake more is made. You may win something with a squad this year, but 
don't assume that because you are standing still, everyone around you is standing still too. Mm. We've seen mm-hmm. Chelsea strengthen. We're seeing the likes of Everton just across the pond from them. Oh, Everton boy. strengthening. Everton has decided, you know what, we're going to buy an entirely new midfield. Alan Bukure, as well as uh, what's his name, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, right? so yeah. There's, there's that, you know, and their direct rivals. So that six points you don't want to mess with. United at some point will probably wake up from their slumber. Who knows? Let's watch out. But you see, Chelsea has splurged. They have Bruno now. Ensuring... Don't need to. Yeah, they don't I mean... need to wake up from their slumber. I, I, I don't know. Sleeping don't slide. Okay, fine. <laughs> it makes me sad, but, but uh, um, for Chelsea, for instance, I mean, Chelsea did a decent job with a young, in quotes, squad last season and have decided, you know what, we're going to put another layer of quality on top of this young squad. And they've just gone out and splurged the money and bought players. Everywhere you look in the Premiership, I think apart from Leicester and Wolves, I think just everybody else has bought one or two players. Mm. Just Leicester mm. and Wolves have not invested yet. So Liverpool will probably, as much as they are trying to save money, you know, and they feel like they've done great squad planning, they should just be careful and ensure that, look, they keep the standards high enough and competitive enough to make sure that they are somewhere, um, they are not surprised. They shouldn't, they, 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 just, they don't get surprised at the end of it. Mm. Like, what? I think another place we even ignore this, the drop-off in quality between Alisson and Adrian is stark. Oh, like it's a huge wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. Adrian, so maybe, just maybe. Reminds me of the Champions League second um, leg against Atletico Madrid. <laughs> hmm. people, yeah. Some people say if Alisson was in goal, maybe. Maybe, well, but football is a lot. Football has, is filled yeah. with a lot of should-haves, could-haves, and, and would-haves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, it's football. We move to the final question of this podcast episode before I let this man get stuck in traffic um, on his way home. No, no, no. I don't live um, in Lagos. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't hear That's that. Moving on. We, we, yeah. we don't really want to have people lining up in your DMs and trying to. They'll be fine. To <laughs> ask for your head on the plate. <laughs> Like Herod's daughter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Messi, you mentioned something um, earlier. I, I know we were talking about uh, football on this podcast. We're not talking about Messi. Um, yeah. it, he has one le- one year left on his contract, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the possibility yeah. that he stays and leaves for free next year? Isn't well, that the most sensible thing to do than just dragging all this thing around the... Is it sensible? Is it sensible? Because you know the thing is, yeah? So I'm sure age. by the time this podcast comes out, by the time this podcast comes out, the situation would have changed again. Originally, I remember when he first dropped the clanger, you know, the, no, not the clanger, the bombshell that, look, I'm leaving. I want to leave. I'm tired. I'm done with you, Jose Patomero, and all of that. Um, I remember thinking, um, wow, is he really going to do it? Because he's been at this club since he was 13 years old mm. like we're talking since 2000 like when, when was this I can't Kinda remember 20 like, years yeah, yeah almost so, 20 years if not mm. so that's, like that's a long time ago right so uprooting not just himself but his family and whether we like it or not Messi has always been part of the furniture at Barcelona since that he started mm. playing there so it's where will he go that the club will build stuff around him you know there are conversations about how he can't afford, he doesn't even know, he can't defend, he's too old for that. Him and his biggest, in quote, adversary, Ronaldo are no individuals we expect to defend because, come on, look at their, in their late, I mean, early 30s at this point, right? Uh-huh. So I, I, I remember thinking he's probably decided, look, I'm going to say this with the idea being, if I say this, there'll be a panic in the board room, 
um, Bartomeu will probably say, you know what, calm down, I'm going to leave. Um, so I thought it was a power play, you know, because I know he's more probably more aligned with the other candidates for the presidency, uh, Laporte, Font, and these other guys. Um, because we know he's the guy I'm hearing now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Bartomeu said he's bringing the elections forward, blah, blah, blah. But what's to say he doesn't put the same way Sandro Rosell basically put him there as his puppet? What's to say mm. another mm. iteration who doesn't show up, doesn't pop yeah, up? The so probably, exactly. So the, maybe the idea was for I, I, I originally thought that the idea was look, he's not going to leave. He's upset, but he's not going to leave simply because there's it's too much. There's a lot. Like the financial implications alone. Like we've seen people crunching the numbers. What if we sell? This pre- I mean, at a point, we were hearing rumors about City trying to give um, Baka, Ebedo, Garcia, Garcia, that person has some money. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, wow, like, wow, wow, wow. You know, so there's all of that to consider. But then the, 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 the conversation and the talk of him leaving actually continued to gather steam to the point that it now seems like, you know what, this is actually going to happen. He made those statements. He sent the broadcast to the club, which is like, Omo is like you know how when we select the Pope, once you see the white smoke, you know yeah, that's how yeah. that's how iconic <laughs> you know sending the Brofax in seemed at the time. And then this week now we're hearing stories about his father saying, you know what? And of course, Javier Tebas coming out to say, look, I'm siding with Barcelona because he knows the minute Messi leaves, well, you know what happens to to, of to La Liga as a brand, of you know. Uh, he can't afford to. I mean, Ronaldo has left, Neymar has left. I even saw a stat that said, till this year or so, or about two or three, till like two or three years ago, Barcelona had always had 50-something percent of the top 20 players in the world. Sorry, Spain had always had, for about for a decade, yeah, they always had um, the top 50, about, yeah, 50-something percent of the top 20 players in the world. Now, they have only one or two. I can't remember what the exact stat was, wow. which is really damning. That's a damning, like, That's it's deep- really, really tragic, yeah. You know how the way, the way as a product, as a package, um, mm-hmm. La Liga, people, most people tend to watch only Madrid or um, or, or Barcelona. Barcelona. So we've suddenly gone from an era of Ronaldo. If I don't think Tebas would be wanting to agree to going from the era of Ronaldo and Sergio Ramos and Co. versus Messi and Xavi and Iniesta to Hazard versus Dembele. I mean, like, no disrespect to those two, but it's... <laughs> you don't really sell the ticket that well, you know. So that's what I thought. Like, it, so it's all complicated. And now we're seeing comments. I think earlier today there were comments claiming that he's going to stay. Mm. And then we also saw another, you know, headline talking about Bartomeu being arrested for corruption. So it's like <laughs> it's it's just a storyline that has so many twists, turns, and plot twists. Like it's it's all over the place. And like you said, I think you said, look, we're all tired. But we also want him to be happy. Um, it might end up in court because Messi is 33 or 32. Whether he likes it or not, he doesn't have time on his side. If the club mm. decides to sabotage him and tell him, look, you're not going anywhere. You're going to sit on the bench. We won't play you. He, to be honest, Barcelona will lose because they'll be paying a lot of money for someone not playing. And he mm. will lose out Bleeding. because he, mm. yeah, he's old and all of that. And time is running out. Even if he were to decide, okay, I'm going to sit on the bench and then leave for free next year. Will City still want him? Will it be in City? Even right now, it's just that it's because it's Lionel Messi. But mm-hmm. the question is that is mm-hmm. it really in City's interest to go after him and all of that? So, to be honest with you, Rotimi, 
I'm at the stage where I'm like, you know what, Kishara, Shara, whatever happens, that's fine. <laughs> like, whatever, whatever happens, that's fine. But I just hope it gets resolved as soon as possible so that all parties move on. All parties except one individual. I feel like there's a criminal running for Oh, Sorry, in case. Okay, I feel like there's someone who's running for someone that should have been there so that people don't come yeah. to me later. See? The f- <laughs> <laughs> Surely there has to be a power rotation at some point in time, whether later this year or early this year. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, my friend spoke about uh, all of us moving on so that the fans can also move on. Fans most likely will move on um, once club football returns, you have a um, Nations League. I saw, um, well, I was not opportunity to see the Germany game. So I saw great game, three goals, lovely one strike by Zinchenko. If you haven't seen it, I think you should check it out. Okay. okay. By the way, oh, I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, the same Zinchenko who was played behind the strikers. Yeah, that same Zinchenko. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne's long lost um, cousin. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> That guy played behind the striker. I was shocked, but hey, I mean, I was no, I began. You know, I didn't know when I started making comparisons with him and Philip Lam. Is that his original position? Yeah, I was. I know I was having this battle in my head. That's this guy. This guy before he came to City. I mean, is this City? I really don't. I did, I'm not, not because sometimes the way the guy makes some forays in the City jersey, you're like, ah, this is so unnatural. When you're not Ben Mendy, although Mendy really, I mean. If we start to make, let, let's never start with City because that's another that's entirely, that's an ent- entirely different conversation. You different know, conversation uh, totally. And you realize like, if I can use Mercy to cash cruise this summer transfer, but hey, that is life. <laughs> yeah, that's life, I guess. Ready, but to be ready fair to you, to be fair, if we're going to be fair, um, when I say fair now, I mean probably just for the barest minimum. Finally, Barcelona is sorting out some things we're seeing Suarez leave so his wages will be offloaded off the books mm. and then that brings this average squad age down we're seeing Rakitic I really believe in Coman I really believe Coman would do something really because not because I like him but because I think antecedents especially with Netherlands and I think the little stuff he did with Everton well not really big if you look if you look at what he did with Valencia Everton and Southampton I think he's a placeholder He's oh, basically going to be the ugly guy, like LVG all over again. The ugly guy who comes in <laughs> and cleans the place up, and then somebody more glamorous and flamboyant will come in and take over. Because you can see he's clearing out the 30 plus gang finally uh, from, uh, uh. from the place. Even though I don't know why, like, why not go for Thiago? But he's going for anyway, that's the conversation for another day. But he's seemingly uh, trying to clear out the dead wood and then come in with a new system. And well, power to him. Let's see how he's able to cope. Um, I really don't know how we ended up uh, in Barcelona when we started with those boys at Anfield. Um, Well, it's been great talking to you, Peter, uh, about football as usual. I'm sure we're definitely going to continue this conversation um, at our usual hangouts. If you are wondering, yeah, it's an online hangout. Don't think it's it's one location like that. Nobody should send me a message that. uh, Where's your hangout? It's online. You'll find it on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, although some people said they have not stopped, let me not talk about coffees. On Twitter, at you find Peter at that's N G B E D E. You find me on Twitter at Papi underscore Great. Thank you so much for listening for the last what 15 minutes. Um, please ensure you leave a rating wherever you get your podcast until I come away. Um, you should check out episode 111. I spoke about um, women. Um, 
getting equal pay and whether the clubs and the global brands will be willing to follow suit. I think you should check that out. Until I come away in the next episode of the podcast, stay safe, wash your hands always. If you can, avoid crowded spaces and enjoy the life of your head because nobody knows the back of tomorrow. Stay safe. Peace.